Assalamu alaikum and welcome to tonight's live show on Imam Hussein TV. First and foremost, I'd like to wish our global audience Eid Mubarak on this auspicious day tonight. Without your ratings and your viewings, this channel Imam Hussein TV could not operate and cannot actually produce the content and the programs continuously, week in, week out. Tonight's program, Eternal Ethics, Envy and the Evil Eye. Does it actually exist? The second to last chapter of the Holy Quran, Surah 113, Surah Falak, reads as follows. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ul, a'uzu bi rabbil falak. Min shawri ma khalaq. Women show rear Hasidin is our wakab. Women show rear Hasidin is our. Women show rear Nafatha de Phil Okad. Women show rear Hasidin is our Hasad. The last verse of this holy Quran verse, uh, chapter reads as follows And from the evil of the envious when he envies. Enviousness. What is it? Is it tangible? Is it real? Can it be touched? Envy is viewed by many to be a negative trait and is mentioned in the Holy Quran many times. All of us, perhaps, have felt envious towards another person. But how do we cure this? What if it is constant? What if it is exactly in your face? Is the evil eye real? Is it a cultural tale? Is it a myth? Let's examine this tonight, inshallah. With Dr. Sayyidah Ma'anakshwani. Assalamu alaikum Sayyidah. Wa alaikum as It's a privilege once again to have you on our show tonight. And Thank Eid Mubarak you. to yourself and Thank also you. our Thank you. Eid Mubarak to all the viewers as well. And, uh, and next week as well as Eid al-Ghadir. Yes. We're going to have a special Monday and Tuesday. Yes. So uh, next week, inshallah, we'll have two shows running concurrently. Monday and also Tuesday. Next Monday, we will be producing a show, a special live show on Eid al-Ghadir. And there'll be another show on, um, on Tuesday as well. So now I'd like to start off the show with tonight, Envy and the Evil Eye. I read the last verse, um, and from the evil of the envious when he envies. What exactly is this? I mean, it's viewed by many to be a negative trait, as it were. And, you know, it's been mentioned in the Holy Quran. What in eternal ethics, we've looked at many positive attributes, but where do we place hasad? When we're discussing uh, ethics in Islam, we can't only discuss the uh, positive attributes that we'd all want to encompass and embody in our lives. It's been good that we've discussed justice and reconciliation and patience, but there are also certain diseases we have to be aware of. Uh, Islam divides diseases into two. Okay. You have physical diseases and spiritual diseases. Physical diseases, as an example, you'll find that there are people out there who may have diseases or viruses mm -hmm. which are affecting them physically. Right. Such as there are some who have, let's say, cancer. Some yes. may have diabetes. Some may have HIV. Some may have pneumonia, uh -huh. malaria. Right. Automatically, when the human being realizes that they have a physical disease, they want to find the pharmacist or the doctor as soon as possible. In this country, you automatically want to go to the general practitioner in order that they're able to prescribe for you a cure to that physical disease. You don't want to walk around with that physical disease, if you can walk mm -hmm. around anyway. Yes. So you'll find that the human being will hurry to find the cure to the physical disease. But then there are certain diseases which are spiritual diseases. Okay. Where you can't go, for example, to Boots Pharmacy. Yeah. Or you can't go to a Walmart and say to them that I need... Paracetamol. Sorry. Paracetamol for arrogance. Mm -hmm. They'll look at you and think, are you trying to take the mick out of us? Yeah. What do you mean yeah. you need paracetamol, panadol, or ibuprofen for arrogance? Like, no, no, I, I've got a I've got problem. I've got, um, I'm quite arrogant, and therefore if you can prescribe for me something, and I don't mind taking it three times a day, and they'll say to you that that's a spiritual disease. Yes. That's not something which is physical. 
Even now, if I go to the top hospital on this earth, mm -hmm. because now we live in a world where we are told there is nothing spiritual. Everything has to be seen. Absolutely. Everything yes. has to be tested in a lab. Yeah. I would love for somebody out there to provide me with the operation that I can take within a hospital or the results in a lab somewhere, which are able to cure the problem of, for example, anger. As much as you might tell me, well, there might be certain things that might calm you down. There's a reality that I need some sort of cure for this spiritual disease. Mm -hmm. Lust, spiritual disease. Gluttony, a yes. spiritual disease. You have other diseases that exist as well. Gossiping and backbiting. Hasid is a spiritual disease. Right. And... Anybody out there who claims that they have Iman, while they are someone who is a Hasid, someone who displays this negative envy towards people out there, then they've got the whole conception of Iman wrong. And I think our communities mm -hmm. have got this whole conception completely wrong. Our communities imagine the Mu'min is somebody who has this tasbih in their hand and who has got this quite thick beard, and is somebody who has got knowledge, if you put all of those three together, and there's a dot of hasad in your heart, right. then know that your iman will be devoured. As Imam Ali salam says wonderfully, and this line, you know, is something which is of the utmost importance, Okay. that envy devours faith, like fire devours wood. Right. Hasad devours faith. Like fire devours wood. wood. When fire sets on that wood, it's game over, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. That fire is destroyed. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if you live in a mansion. That mansion's gone. Gone. Envy devours one's iman. Al Hasad, it destroys one's iman the way fire destroys wood. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Therefore, as part of our eternal ethics series, fundamentally, we can not only discuss those wonderful, positive, ethical attributes that may exist, we need to also be aware. Right. And I think Father Clohessi said something beautiful last week when he said one ethical attribute will bring another. Yes, They'll pull on yes. each other. Yeah. However, we have to be aware if we have certain diseases, that there may be diseases that I'm inflicted by. When you normally tell a human being, do you have any diseases? Like, bro, what are you trying about diseases? I don't have any diseases. Yeah. I'm the healthiest person. I'm like, bro, I'm not concerned about your physical diseases. I'm concerned if you have spiritual, spiritual diseases. diseases. If you are a hasud, mm -hmm. I pray for you. Yes. And I pray for myself that I don't enter the world of being a hasid. The reason is because there aren't many pharmacies that can cure that quickly. Unless you go to the pharmacy of Ahlul Bayt and that, that's what we'll enter today. Inshallah, inshallah. So, so with regards to hasad, as it were, envy, and we've quickly discovered, obviously, that it's not something that's physical, as you've mentioned. But our community, all our communities, really, irrespective of our cultural background, you know, there seems to be a lot of hasadin, as it were, and yet we claim to be God's people. So what, what, how do we sort of get around that? You mentioned, obviously, you know, we don't measure. There isn't a barometer in terms of, well, someone's got a, a big beard, holding a tasbih and so on mm -hmm. and so forth, or prayer, perhaps. But, what, you know, why is there full of hasidin, as it were? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the Muslim community. I think any religious community has the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And... If you go and study all of their demographics around the world, you'll find that there are those who are well-wishers and those who are wanting for you to suffer. Because mm -hmm. what's hasad? Hasad is I, when I see that you have something and I want it removed from you. Yeah. Sometimes a person is mahsood. They are the envied because of a number of reasons. Sometimes you're envied because of your looks. There are people who are envied because of their looks. See our cameraman, he's a good looking guy there. Yes. People envy him because of his looks. Yeah. If we had looks like his, we may be envied. True. But we don't have his looks, so he 
is envied by lots of people mm. out there. So he could be seen by somebody who's like, you know what, I wish that that wonderful gift that he has is taken away from him. Yeah. There are others who are envied because of their wealth. Right. In our community, if you see someone who may have a big house, you will see certain people who deep down will say, I can't wait for the day that this person loses their house. Mm. There are some people who are envied because of their ilm. Right. When you see sometimes someone in your field who has more knowledge than you. And when I say ilm, I'm not talking only religious knowledge. No. No. There are people who are envious in the world of law. They can't take there's a lawyer better than them. Yeah. There are doctors where people are envious of them and they're the same profession, but that doctor can't take that that consultant has more knowledge than them. Mm. Or even maybe more popular. Academia! Yes. You want to see Hasid? Key area. <laughs> Competition. <laughs> if you want to see Hasid, go to academia. Right. It's this unbelievable world, academia. Academia, as one person famously said, academia is where... There is the most envy for the least at stake. There's so much hazard for the least at stake. Okay, buddy, well done. Yeah. You learnt a few long words sitting in an office from nine to five and you've managed to affect 25 people with them. Well mm -hmm. done. You know, it's the world of academia has just got so many people who I think, are, I think are more proud to show what they know than to implement what they know. Yeah, yeah. Not to say that there aren't some brilliant, genuine academics out there, but you want to see Hassad, it's when an academic sees another academic getting a position better than theirs. Yeah. And so they want that position and they want it removed from them. So in the Muslim community, do such people exist? Not just in the Muslim community. It could be a non-religious community. But in the Muslim community, the sad thing is those who claim to be mu'min can sometimes be the ones who are full of hasad. Mm -hmm. I don't mind if you show me someone out there who's not a Muslim, has never heard of Ahlul Bayt, never heard of Amir al-Mu'mineen or the teachings of the Quran and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family. I don't mind. If there's someone out there who's like that and they have the you know, hasad within them, I don't mind that. When you see people who look religious, yes. who pray Salat al-Jum'ah, and you see that these are walking machines of hasad, mm -hmm. then I cry out, Not God protect me from the envy. Oh Allah, protect me from the evil of the envious. Right. Evil. Yes. Al hasad is in the world of evil. Okay. Okay. As much as they sugarcoat it with prayer uh -huh. or with ilm. Yes. God save them when they're in that world of envy. The uh, God Almighty, uh, Al-Khaliq, the Creator, what's the first instance of envy that took place amongst God's creation? Oh, it's clear, I think. If you're looking, for example, at the first instance, I would say uh, Iblis and Adam. Yeah. You know, Satan with Adam. And it's something which is acknowledged in, in a number of religions, not just in our religion. He couldn't take it. You know, how's this guy? How's this guy who's made out of clay? clay. Listen to these lines. This is how Hasid normally works. Right. How is so-and-so who is so-and-so in a better position than me? Mm. This is how Hasid works. that you'll find him saying, you created me from fire, you created him from clay. Yeah. Transfer those lines to any profession you want, religious or non-religious. He is this, but I'm this. Yeah. How is he the one who's this? Transfer that to any profession. Sure. Not just the religious sciences. No. Any profession, transfer that. Iblis could not take that Adam had something he wanted, mm -hmm. which was to be seen as the highest in the eyes of God. Yes. Iblis yes. used to uh, tell the angels who were around him that, you know, there's no one like me. And I'm the most word, beautiful. And, and so on. And, and, you know, that takabbar that he had, but proceeding is that hasad. Right. That hasad that he had towards Nabi Adam alayhi salam. He wanted that position of Khalifa, of Allah, 
on the earth to be stripped of Adam. Mm-hmm. Hasad is when you want to see someone's downfall. You want to see them stripped of something that ultimately you may really want. Sure, sure. And so it's, it's a devastating story. And it goes to show you that the remnants of that begun. Mm. That they begun to affect humanity everywhere. Yeah. Wherever absolutely. you went, you begun to see moments of Iblis with Adam. Irrespective of whether you prayed or you True. had great ilm. Those elements of uh, subtle elements of arrogance, pride and ego have obviously kicked in now. Uh, <coughs> for all future generations, as it were. Um, we'll look, look at uh, the um, facet of um, envy in more detail. But before then, so now even the Al of Ibrahim al-Islam, the children of Ibrahim, as it were, were envied. Why is this so? I mean, some seem certain that, you know, some chosen families in Islamic history have never been forgotten. Now, the Holy Quran, chapter 4, verse 54, reads as follows in English. Or do they envy people for what Allah has given them of his bounty? But we have already given the family of Abraham the scripture and wisdom and conferred upon them a great kingdom. What is this exactly referring to? Yes, some yahsudun and nas ala ma'a ta'hum Allah min fadla. Al Ibrahim wa envied. In more ways than one. By the kings of the time. Okay. The rulers of the time. In some cases, by the scholarly class of the time as well. I see. I see. You look at. What hurt Nabi Ayyub the most, it's when the rabbis were backbiting him. You look at, for example, the way that prophets such as Yaqub and Yusuf and Ishaq and Ismail and Ibrahim, the way that they faced envy in different moments mm-hmm. from those around them. Why? Allah chose Adam, Allah chose Noah, Allah chose the family of Abraham. People want that status. They couldn't take that those personalities got them. Some of them were their own brothers who had hasad towards them. Who had hasad towards Yusuf? His brothers. His brothers. Sometimes your own family members have the most hasad against you. Yeah, sure. Own family. Cousins have hasad against you. Uncles and aunts have hasad against you. Why do they have more status than us? Why are they loved by more people than us? Mm. When we call out, And we have to call this out regularly. This were instructions not just given to the Holy Prophet. Peace be upon him his family. These were cures and protectors for us. Absolutely. Al Ibrahim, even I will tell you a story. When Imam al Hassan Imam yes, al Hussein were born, the Prophet used to recite a dua. When the people used to ask him, Ya Rasulullah, what's that dua? He said, This is the dua that Nabi Ibrahim السلام, recited when Ismail was born and then when Ishaq later was born okay. to protect them from the evil eye of the people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you could have somebody who looks at your baby. They already are envious of your status that yes. you are Ibrahim. Now they look at Ismail, beautiful baby. Zamzam sprung forth for Ismail. Yes, yes, yes. His mother Hajar left a legacy behind. Some people could not take that. So Nabi Ibrahim knew Ismail and Ishaq. Likewise, Imam Hassan, Imam Hussain, you would find that some were envious of their position. Those two are the fruits of the life of the Prophet, peace be upon his family. The apples of his eye. The masters of the youth of paradise. So the Holy Prophet taught us when your babies are born, recite a dua. And that dua is a dua to protect them from the hasad of the people. Right. Because sadly, there are people out there, when they saw the prophetic line or the line of Ahlul Bayt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Al Ibrahim, He chose Al Muhammad. You know, some Muslims will always stress that, you know, you, the Shia, you love Ahlul Bayt and you exaggerate them. 
we, we love them, uh, they say, because they're the Prophet's family, but they don't deserve leadership just because they're the Prophet's family. Look at the hasad. Mm -hmm. Look at the hasad in that one statement. They don't deserve leadership just because they're the Prophet's family. Bro, why are you envious? Yeah. What's wrong with you? What did Ahlul Bayt do wrong for you? What did they not contribute for you? Yes. There was one famous companion who called out, Bani Hashim had Nubuwa, they can't have Khilafah as well. Mm -hmm. Look at the Hasad. And a person with such Hasad is not a, is not a believer. No, no. A person who sees the beautiful lights of Al Ibrahim, chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the earth, and has that Hasad towards them, what's the difference between them and Iblis? Yes, yes. Iblis prayed, prayed. 6,000 years or more. Sure. You know, there are people out there who say, I can never be affected by hasad. I always pray. Iblis prayed more than <laughs> or the whole of this television studio has prayed. Iblis prayed for 6,000 years or more. Hasad affects him. Iblis had more ilm and knowledge of the position of Allah than any of us. True. Hasad affected him. Praying and having ilm does not necessarily mean you are not a hasid. Okay. You could be a hasid as well. And there are many with ilm and many who pray who are the kings of hasid. Yes, yes. So with that in mind, let's get to the nitty gritty as it were in today's uh, times as it were. Let me give it to you straight up. Just say for example, God forbid I have hasid. So how, how do I cure it? How do I cure it for myself? What, what do I do? Do I, what sort of prescriptions are required? I think it's a great question. Um, and I think if you're looking at the pharmacy... And many people won't even know that. Yeah, if you're looking at, you know, if you ask uh, a non-Muslim out there, you know, I, I've got this feeling of intense envy towards people. I hate it. How do we remove it? Mm -hmm. Can you give me something physical, something empirical, something yeah, material? Yeah. You can't. No, that scientific area isn't there. Buddy, you can't. Uh, and so how do we cure it as Muslims? Firstly, it's recognizing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gifted someone or somebody with those traits can gift you them as well. Inshallah. What's made you doubt your generous Lord? Yes. If somebody's been given a mansion, <coughs> you could be given that mansion as well. Relax, be happy for them. If somebody, you've seen them with a beautiful car and your car is not as great, mm -hmm. don't start bad-mouthing the people or causing hate against them. Just say, you know what, alhamdulillah, and the same Lord who is Kareem, but he's also Ghani. No one's as wealthy as no. the Lord. Yeah. He, what, that person's car something special. If he wants to, in a split second, he is Qadr as well. Look at the names of Allah. Spanya. If more Muslims reflected on Asma Allah al-Husna, mm -hmm. great names, the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Kareem, Ya Ghani, Ya Qadr. Just those three. And then you put alongside that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also Rahman. Sure. And then he is also Jawad. The generous. So with all of these, why would you envy anyone out there? Firstly, you're wealthy, you have Allah. No one can be as wealthy as you. If everyone lets you down, you still have God. Yes. Secondly, yes. when God decides to give somebody, if you truly believe in God, you're not going to doubt who he gives. It's this whole rizq dilemma that's always there. Sure. You, are, you have hasad towards the rizq Allah has given someone. If you believe Allah has the wisdom to place the rizq in certain places at certain times, you're not going to have hasad towards someone who has rizq. You're going to have a sense of happiness mm -hmm. for that person. Yes. And thirdly, which of Ahlul Bayt did you ever see display hasad? Quite right. Even with those who disrespected them, never did they display hasad towards them. Never would you see Ahlul Bayt saying, you know what, I really want that thing. That's why Asma, uh -huh. Asma, infallibility can be broken by four things. Okay. Lust, envy, okay. anger. Right. And what's the last one? It's just escaped me now. Uh, lust, envy, anger, and desire, if I'm not mistaken. I see. And you'll find that Ahlul Bayt would never fall into those traps. They're not envious of anyone with hasad, nor do they have to lust for this world when Allah has promised them more than anyone. 
Anger, anger for the sake of Allah, not for the sake of themselves. You spit at me, Amr ibn Nawid, I will not strike you at Khandaq. Mm. Because if I strike you, I strike you for my anger. Yes. Desire, what do you desire? One's being given Fatima, the other's being given Zainab, the other's being given... So therefore their asma can never be broken by things which break our asma. Many of us have had moments of hasad. Many of us have had moments of lust. Many of us have had moments where we use anger or desires in the wrong way. So those are right. two prescriptions amongst many. Yes, uh, viewers, do join us again in the next moment or two. We're just going for a break, so join us again, inshallah, in the next moment or two. Assalamualaikum. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to our live show on Imam Hussain TV, Eternal Ethics, Envy and the Evil Eye. Just as a reminder, please note, next Monday, inshallah, we will have a special show on Eid al-Ghadir. And inshallah, on Tuesday also, we will have a, another show as well. So viewers, do please um, come in and also, you know, view, as it were, Imam Hussain TV next week. Inshallah, we'll have special guests as well next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum Sayyidina. Wa alaikum assalam. Eternal ethics, um, envy and the evil eye, certainly something that's not soft, certainly something that's not physical as it were. And you mentioned just prior to the break um, about the qualities that Ahlul Bayt actually upheld. Now with that in mind, um, for the normal man or the woman as it were, if I want to see someone that's got something nice um, and I want to say that, you know, I'm envious of their success, can I say that, but not in a bad way? How do I map ethics to the term envy here? We well, how is it? Is there a tariqah? In English, yeah. there's only one word for positive and negative envy. Now, you're probably thinking, hold on, how could envy be positive? Mm. And negative. Right. In English, we have envy. Okay. In Arabic, we have ghibta. Right. And hasad. Okay. Someone says, but they're both translated as envy. The Let's Arabic see. word ghibta, uh -huh. you look, you could find it translated as envy. And the Arabic word hasad, you look, you can find it translated as envy. Envy. So what's the difference between ghibta and hasad? Yes. And we see this. And the hadiths of Ahlul Bayt, like Imam Sadiq has a lovely hadith where he says, Al Mu'minu Yagbitu wal Kafiru Yahsid. Right. The Mu'min has Ghibta, the Kafir has Hasad. Now hold on. Okay. Ghibta. It's when I see somebody out there who's got this beautiful car, I'm like, MashaAllah, always good word to start. Mm -hmm. Any praise with yes. or anything you see that's beautiful. Say, MashaAllah, what beautiful car, Ya Allah. May he have more and may I have like him as well. Okay. That's okay. Hibta. Right. I go to someone's house. I walk in and I see they got this lovely house. And when I see this lovely house, I'm like, wow, amazing house. MashaAllah. May they have more like this house. And may God one day give me a house like that as Inshallah. well. Inshallah. That is the symbol of a mu'min. I see. They wish for others what they wish for themselves. They love for others what they would love for them. Selves. They right. want to see others successful in the way that they want to be successful. This is true akhlaq. Okay, okay. True akhlaq is not that when I see someone in my community who is successful, I try and belittle them, I try and ruin them, I try and destroy them, or every time somebody praises them. You see, let me give you an example. Yes, bismillah. Even in your own friend circle, yeah. you can have someone who is a person of ghibta and someone who is a hasud. Okay. In your own friend circle, when you've, we go back to the car example. Mm -hmm. When you bought this nice car, one of your friends like, MashaAllah, bro, I'm so happy for you. It's amazing, looks great. You've got another one who's like, yeah, yeah, it looks great, but you should have got it in this color. Look at the difference between the two. 
there's one who's happy for what, what's happened. He doesn't have to mention the color at that moment. Yeah. Even if he doesn't think it's the right color, he doesn't have to mention it at that moment. Right. There's a second no. There's too much venom of hasad in them. Mm-hmm. They need a car wash for their hasad urgently. They need to reassess themselves. Because the hasad comes nowhere near God's blessings. You bought a new house. You've got a friend of yours who comes, bro, I love the house. It looks amazing. May God bless. You've got a second friend who's like, it's a good house, but I still think the other road was better for you. Every comment they make is negative. Right. Me personally, I've always found that friendship is about how patient you can be with uh, people's negatives. Because uh, we all have them and it depends how much sabr you have. Sure. Yeah. But there are, there are certain people who are walking machines of hasad. And I think the quicker you get them out of your life, out not meaning that you disbar them from your life. I don't mean it in that bad way. But I just mean that, you know what, some of their energies just, they just cannot take your success. Um, and I'm sure you've seen it. I'm yes. sure others of the viewers have seen it. You're happy to see others successful. But they, 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 you know, there are certain ayahs in the Quran. There's one ayah about uh-huh. orphans. And I have to mention this example. When someone steals the money of an orphan, the ayah is interesting. Those who devour the wealth of an orphan, in fact, they have begun to eat or devour fire. Some say that that's talking of a transfiguration that occurs on the day of judgment, that we will eventually, you know, be burnt in hellfire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, the ayah continues to talk about Sa'ir and the day of and Jahannam, you know, Sa'ira. So the ayah continues to talk about hell. What's interesting, it means that even in this world, there are certain sins uh-huh. which literally are burning inside you. But because you are so arrogant in some cases, or living in your own world you can't tell that you they're slowly eating you up it's a good point actually yeah because how does one know yeah you don't know and 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 so what happens with people when you sin is that slowly it's eating you up but you're not realizing and the hasood is somebody full of fire when they see someone else successful right uh, you know, the, uh, and we'll, we'll come to discuss a lot of these things because they, they affect us on a personal level. Yeah, well. I mean, you mentioned ghibta, yeah. as it were, as being a positive trait, as it were. Yeah. In a nice, akhlaqi manner. Mm. So, surely that will solve many of our problems then. Yeah, I know. As I said, Imam Salaf says, Al-Mu'min yaghbitu wal-kafir yahsid, you know. A mu'min is someone who is a person of ghibta. Yeah. And if more of our communities were happy for each other's success. Mm. You know, if I hear someone mm. in my community is a doctor at a top hospital, I'm proud of their success. Yes, yeah, I'm not going to come and belittle them that, you know what, he's a doctor, okay. But did you exactly. know that in 1941 he did this? Yeah, there's always in a In 1976 but. he did this. On yeah. a Friday afternoon in 2008 he did this. Chill, bro. Just be happy for the guy. I hear someone in our community... You know, I hear that one, a lady has reached the highest position in a bank somewhere. I'm proud. This is amazing news. Mm-hmm. I hear that one of our sisters has done well academically. This yeah, is amazing sure. news. Absolutely. That's ghibta. Right. But hasad? And the problem with hasad is when you believe in yourself that you're religious, uh-huh. you then think that moments like this don't affect your religiosity. Remember, Iblis had ilm, major hasad. Most people think if I know the Quran inside out, that means I'm not going to be someone who has hasad. Iblis had more knowledge than any of us. Hasad affected him. So instead of saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, protect me from the evil, of uh, the envy of the people, actually say, Ya Allah, first ensure that I don't become of the hasad. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Now, talking of communities, yeah. I've read so many hadith, as it were, that the most Hasad is with the ulama. Um, in Bihar al-Anwar, there's a clear hadith that says, an alim's hasad will lead them to hellfire. And I've actually grown up seeing this, you know, even to the extent where some alims do not attend other alims' lectures and so on and so forth. Maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know. Maybe you can allude to that. I don't know. But 
Have you have you come across such hadith, as it were, narrations? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm not making this up. No, no. You, on the contrary, Muhammad, you're right. And I think hasad between ulama is clear for all of us to see. You know, anyone out there who thinks that hasad does not affect someone's life because they have a lot of ilm, Iblis had more ilm than most. Mm-hmm. And I think all our communities can clearly see that there are some who have major hasad against others. And you mentioned in, in Bihar al-Anwar, there is a hadith narrated from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. There are six who will enter nar al hisab There are six who enter. Yeah, fire. six groups of people uh-huh. who will enter the hellfire. Yeah. Before the accounting, because of six. Which six? I see. Groups of people. Let's see. The Arabs because of their asabiyya. The Arabs because of their nationalism which bordered racism. Right. Arab wants to be racist. You can forget about all other types of racists. When an Arab wants to be racist, forget about others' racism. Mm -hmm. This hadith, the Prophet said, six are (sighs) entering hell because of six attributes they have. Right. The asabiyya of the Arabs. Okay. When Bilal would recite Adhan, yes. they would say, Muhammad's black crow has gone up to recite the Adhan. Astaghfirullah. Asabiyya, some will say it's a good thing in terms of social cohesion. I, it reaches a very bad state when nationalism becomes racism. Mm. Mm. So, first group. Okay. Al-Arab, right. because of their... Nationalism. Because of their Asabiyya, because of their nationalism. The second group are the Rasatiq because of their Jahl. Rasatiq are people who may, for example, live in certain village areas where their Jahl tribal law okay. overtakes Islamic law. They end up doing a volume to somebody. Okay, okay. You know, your daughter looked at my son, that means we're going to kill her. Or your daughter wants to marry my son, that means we're going to kill a member of your family. Or who's the most ma- famous member of your family? Or you serve me tea. Wallah, there are fights that have happened about how tea was served in someone's funeral. Why did you serve me the tea, but there was a bit missing at the top, but the spoon was on the left. But uh, mm-hmm. The first group who will, who will enter hell are the Arabs because of their asabiyya. The rasatiq because of their jahl. Tujjar. Because of their scams. The businessmen and women when they scammed. Okay. We cannot deny it. Yeah. Does not matter how many prayers you pray, how many salat al-layl you have, how many salat al-jum'ah you have, <laughs> how many ziyaras you've been on. When you're a businessman who scams, you are amongst the first to enter okay. hellfire. Okay. And that's why you'll find that there are people out there who have cleverly and I've seen this sadly in my, in my own life with people around me where they have made sure that religion has its time and scams has its time. So you'll see them on Salat al-Jum'ah comfortably, but you'll see them deal in haram very comfortably mm-hmm. and be involved in the world of scams and fraud and illegal deals and stealing from people and stealing from governments. But they'll go ziyara as well. In a sense, correct. And they'll go to hajj. And they'll pray. But they're kings of scammers. And they'll cry for Imam al-Hussein al-Muharram. It's more beautiful. They cry for Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam. So what do we have? We have the asabiyya of the Arabs. Mm -hmm. We've got, for example, what did we say was the second group? The the jahl of the Mm -hmm. rasatiq. The third we said was what? The khiyana of the tujjar. The fourth, Mm -hmm. the jawr of the umara. The injustices of the princes and the leaders. 
How many royal families do you see in the Muslim world who have been unjust to their nations? Yes. They say that we are servants of the religion of Islam and they're willing to see millions die without even being affected. Then you've got the, the arrogance of the Dahaqeen. Okay. The Kibr, Takabbur yes. of the Dahaqeen. Dahaqeen. In the Quran, you, you read this ayah, the whole idea of something which overflows. You're overflowing with money. When you overflow with money, you become arrogant to those who don't have the money. Okay. So the dahaqeen, their kibr or their takabbur gets them into hellfire. So the Prophet has mentioned the asabiyya of the Arabs. He has mentioned the jahl of the rasatir. Mm -hmm. He has mentioned as well the khiyana of the tujjar. The businessman. He has mentioned at the same time the jor of the umara. Yes. He has mentioned at the same time the takabbur or the kibr of the dahaqeen. Then the sixth group. What is it? The hasad of the ulama. Okay. Hasad of the? So it is prevalent. Hasad of the who? Ulama. Ulama. Hold on, hold on. You're telling me that mm. Mawlana Saab, Imam of my mosque, gives Majalis Muharram, Shah Ramadan, has memorized the Quran inside out. The Holy Prophet said six will enter hellfire. Who? The Arabs because of their Asabiyya. Yes. The Umara because of their Jor. The Dahaqeen because of their Takabbur. The Rasatiq because of their Jahal, the Tujjar because of their Khiyana, and six Ulama because of their Hasad. Don't be deceived by someone quoting Ahlul Bayt left, right, and center when they are a walking machine of Hasad on the earth. Mm. There are many, many who sit on the member of Imam Al Hussein. Not a few. Many. Many. But you know, when I say such things, Imam Al Hussein TV gets complaints. They start to translate these things in Arabic and Farsi. They get the fangs out because yeah. they have hasad. They can't wait to destroy you. And their cronies work so hard to finish you. I don't know what the camera crew thinks and I don't know what the directors think behind the scenes but I'll tell you something my holy prophet peace be upon him and his family said these guys you see because they've got ilm while they've got that hasad they will enter hell straight away now when I'm looking at these people they sit in Muharram and they're telling the crowds you people should follow Ahl al-Bayt. They, they quote Imam Ali. They quote Imam al-Sadiq. They're burning when they see someone more famous than them. Mm -hmm. They're burning when they see someone more successful than them. They're burning when they see someone's got more lovers than they have. And you'll see these people working their socks off to ruin your izzah. But the izzah comes from who? Allah. Allah. Buddy, you can try your hardest to ruin my reputation, for example. You, as it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes. focus on yourself. Focus on improving your majalis. Mm -hmm. Focus on trying to stick on a topic for an hour and not jump 35 topics. And then come and focus on what I'm saying. When you get the skill of being able to stick on a topic for once, and you have the skill to try and be somebody who purity is what emerges from their heart, not just causing trouble between people, mm -hmm. then you are somebody who truly is a servant of Ahlul Bayt But remember that person who from a young age had people kissing their hand because uh -huh. they're the son of so-and-so or a grandchild of a famous marja' who may have lived years ago or whatever, that person finds it difficult that you're more famous than mm. them. Mm. They cannot take it. Who burns? We continue to yeah. relax. We continue to move on. If Allah grants us the chance to serve, we serve. Sure. You burn.
especially when you begin to open your mouth to kids about your hate and about <laughs> your hasad. Okay, we have a question, Sin, uh, um, if I may be allowed, unless you want to take it at the end. Um, the question reads, what can one do when the envy or evil eye is affecting many parts to my life, as it were, such as health and children, causing depression? And also, what about those who are boastful and thus invoke or cause envy to arise in you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us many weapons to protect us from the hasad of people. Number one, uh -huh. falaq al-nas. Yes. Qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq and qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas. Use them. My dear brothers and sisters, when you're taking the kids to school, let the kids get used to the Qur'an in the car. Okay. I thank my parents who from a young age you would hear Qur'an in their car, you hear dua, mafatih al-janan. Mm -hmm. Get the kids used to these things. Okay. Let them learn to read that when they wake up in the morning, Surah Al-Fatiha three times, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ حَدْ قُلْ أَعُوذْ بِالْفَلَقُ قُلْ أَعُوذْ بِالنَّاسِ That's a combination that's used in many different Absolutely. Amal, Salat al-Layl in particular. Then you have, for example, maybe buy them a small ring. Uh-huh. Or buy yourself a ring. Right. Look at these gemstones. And as you could tell, I wore these rings only because I knew that I was going to mention rings. Mm -hmm. But you look at that. these rings. You've got the Dorr and Najaf over here. And Feroza. And the Feroza. And these are gemstones that testify to the Tawheed. oneness of Allah. Sure, the Tawheed. You know, in the world today, there is a major focus on stones and mm, energy mm, of absolutely stones. Absolutely, crystals. And, and we have been given so many wonderful traditions from Ahlul Bayt, where the Ahlul Bayt mention and talk about the gemstones, and they talk about the Aqi, mm -hmm, and they talk mm -hmm. about Zumurrud, and they talk about the Firoza, and they talk about the Durr and Najaf, and they talk about all of these wonderful hadith as and other exactly, stones, yes. use these stones. Sure. I'm sure in your own life. Absolutely. Yes, in my experience as well, I've um, experienced uh, advice, as it were, with respect to rings and uh, amulets, tawis, and also, if I can add, you know, um, the throne verse, Ayatul Kursi, as it were, combined mm. with the four qal, as it were. So I, I think there are many prescriptions out there Subject to... But there's, there's a third thing that I'd love to mention. Sure. And that is, don't show everybody your private life. Right. Okay. Because there are people out there who will have hazard towards your private life mm -hmm. and it could affect you. Yes. I know we're in a world of social media. I know everybody wants to show when they bought something new, when they went to a holiday, when they're at a certain resort. They want to tell the whole world that we're there. And I, I can appreciate people think that everybody's a well-wisher. They're not. No, no. Okay. They're not. Okay. Simple truth. So, you know, we just have, uh, we don't have much time left. So, trying to rush through a lot of material um, tonight. Have you, in your experience, come across or faced envy, as it were, here and there, and considering... Alhamdulillah, the, the status that you've reached and the heights of knowledge and uh, reciting, you know, majalis, as it were, from a member. Have you? What do you think? <laughs> I, I'm... What do you think? I'm pretty sure you have. I'm pretty sure you have, because it's... Have uh, or still have, or still going and on. We'll you know, it's, um, and we'll do. And we'll do. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's just the law of the yeah, nature. Yeah, I think, I think the most hassad is in my job. Right. Yeah, the most... Hasidin are in my job. Okay. Um, there's good people out there, mm -hmm. but as the fil famous film had the title, there's a few good men. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot with unbelievable um, envy, and they, they're dying, you know, to have the fame. But they, the, but, but they tell, you know, publicly, publicly they'll say that, you know, we are not people who look for fame. Uh -huh. We are not people who... Somebody... We started giving majalis at least, what now, 19, 20 years ago. Alhamdulillah. There was no such thing as English majalis. No. So no. there was no real fame to chase because yes. there was no such thing. Yes. Uh, majalis were in Arabic or in Farsi or in Urdu. Urdu. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're starting yeah. giving English majalis, you're not searching for no fame. Mm. Uh, many people may then know you from five years ago or six years ago. They don't know you from the beginning. Yeah. You know, alhamdulillah, myself and yourself. We've known each other for years, so you know me from the very beginning of yes. the majalis and so on. Yes. We never knew that Allah would make English majalis explode the way English majalis exploded, where now, you know, there's so many, you know. It's a global audience. Global audience, English reciters everywhere. Yeah. 
Um, and certain people, I believe in my job, believe they have a God-given right to be adored. And mm-hmm. um, when they're not getting that adulation or they're not getting that praise, yes. then they do get a bit frustrated. And um, their hasad is clear for all to see. It's there, yeah. but we try and wear as many rings as we can yes. in the hope that their evil eye sure. will not necessarily destroy our lives the way it's probably destroyed half our lives at the moment. Now, the second part of, uh, or second part of the title of tonight's show, Eternal Ethics, Envy and Evil Eye. The evil eye. Mm. Is this a... <laughs> A grandmother's late night tale, myth, you know, a scare. <laughs> yeah. Voodoo-like, yeah. you know, it takes place all over the world. People complain, moan. Some people actually don't believe in it. Many people don't believe in it, actually. Muslim and non-Muslim. Um, you know, talk about myths. Oh, well, what are you talking about? It's a lot of rubbish. Exactly what is it? Well, in the Quran, I think there's a clear verse, which... Many people's houses before you enter, you see the verse clearly there. Mm. The disbelievers plot to destroy you with their eyes. So are you saying that someone can destroy someone just with a dirty look or an eye, as it were? I, I, you know, you've mentioned, and I'm rushing the content now because we haven't got much time. So when you, um, you know, go into someone's house... Is it really about the the turquoise color eye? What what's the the whole substance around the evil eye? The Quran said, It's a verse that we see framed in every Muslim's house when you enter. Mm-hmm. And the disbelievers literally in that time were trying to destroy the Prophet, peace be upon his family. It's not like they believed like they were a power ranger or something where they could literally, or Superman or someone mm. could zoom with a laser. laser yeah. well, mind you, you meet some people, you actually think they do have a laser eye. But the, the, it's not literally there's a red light that will go. But one thing I think as human beings, we all believe, A, in the world of the unseen, there are certain energies that exist that we can't see, that you can't put into a certain number. But you certainly believe it's there. Okay. Um, and I think there's info energy that right. exists right. between all of us. And I, if I give you a very basic example, yes, Hajj Muhammad, have you ever in your life, you met someone, you don't know them, but the first time you met, it's as if you guys knew each other for years. What a buzz. The energy was Absolutely. amazing. Absolutely, yes. But you don't even yes. know the person. I have done. First time someone's yes. introduced you. Yes. And when they've introduced you, you're like, wow. It's an amaz- uh, amazing mystical, yeah, energized you, feel. You can energy, feel it. There's, you, a, there's you, a positive you, energy. You can, it's oozing off that person. Yeah. Accent. How about you meet someone and just like, just, I just didn't like that. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Definitely I many times. I just didn't times. like that. I, I met that person. It could be walking down the street. Yeah. You know, it could be on a train. It could be just in a gathering as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know. Uh, Therefore, we can clearly tell mm. that certain people forget looking at Islamic tradition, we could tell that there are certain people out there who have negative energy and some who have positive energy. Right. There's always, you know, there's always this um, online, you could always see something about someone's wedding and there's always that one aunt at the back who's just like, She's just literally staring like that, and you're just like, mm, she ain't happy that that girl's getting hitched yeah. today. You got all the other aunts smiling. She's just like, I wanted that girl for my son, and now she's married this dweeb. I can't stand what she has done, and I hope that the two of them burn. Now, she's not literally saying that, but if you went no. inside her, she, she definitely is thinking. is thinking that. And we said very well that Hasid is when you want something removed. They, she wants that marriage over. Mm. And believe you me, there are many marriages that ended. Not directly no, but with by that... an evil eye, but it certainly played a role in... There are people, if you surround yourselves with them, they have negative energy. Sure. So when the Ahlul Bayt say, Al-Ainu Haqqan, the evil eye is a haq, is a reality, is a truth. 
Ahl al-Bayt are telling us that, listen, you're not privy to some of the unseen. Yeah. You'll find that there is a day where you'll realize that there's info energy that exists. Yes. And there is certain energy between all human beings and some of it is negative. And as I mentioned earlier, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family, used to read the dua mm-hmm. for Imam al-Hassan, Imam al-Hussein. Ya Allah, ensure the evil eye does not <coughs> affect them. Mind you, I, I, I tell you, I, um, last year when Liverpool and Manchester City were going for the league and sadly Manchester City got the league. And we only managed to get only, only the Champions League. Now, against your beloved Spurs. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and what happened was, when Manchester City kept on winning and winning and winning, I honestly, we were joking with a few friends that I want to find somebody who's got such an evil eye that I want him to stare at, you know, Aguero or De Bruyne's ankles and just for them... <laughs> never to be able to play this season again. Now, obviously, that's tongue-in-cheek. I respect those players um, uh, quite a bit. And I do hope one day they are able to beat us in the Champions League after trying so many times. Uh, But, you know, there's this thing that's there within our tradition that there are certain people. And if you look in our... In our, in our communities, whether it's Muslim, whether it's non-Muslim, okay. there are certain people at the workplace. The way they look at you is just like, that's freaky. Because mm. that person, the way they're looking at me, and I'm sure ladies who are watching this uh, program, uh-huh. I'm sure they'll be able to relate that they've been to gatherings where they've just had ladies stare at them because of their beauty. Beauty, yes. Now at that moment, I'm not going to say that that lady's direct eye is just going to cause this big hole in your collarbone or something. That's not going to happen. But I think you've got to keep yourself prepared with the rings, mm. pay sadaqah. Yes, yes. Sadaqah removes bala. Absolutely. And so I think that such things are fundamental that they are used. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, difficulties can occur. So, uh, brothers and sisters, you know, Medusa's look, as it were, does exist. <laughs> um, with that in mind, Sayyidina, and you mentioned uh, one um, prescription, which is giving uh, regular sadqa, wearing rings, as it were. I know from my experience, I've been told to wear shalafa shamps, as it were, mm. which is a special ring. You've already alluded to, you know, uh, certain stones, as it were, um, testifying to the Tawheed or the oneness of Allah mm. subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aqiq being the first and primary source. Feroza during Najaf having the blessings of doing a ziyad of Ibn Mu'mineen, Ali ibn Ta'ali alayhi salam, and others as well, emerald and so on and so forth. And also wearing amulets, tawizi, where uh, you know, reciting of uh, Ayat al Kursi. I'd like to share one that I nice. like to always refer to, you know, for friends. Imam Jafar Sadiq uh, mentions that uh, leaving, when leaving the house, um, give sadqa mm. before you actually even open the door. Mm. And also to recite Ayat al-Kursi seven times, one mm. on the back of the body, one on the head, one to the right shoulder, left shoulder, towards the heart, towards the stomach, and also the lower abdomen. And angels will surround you and protect you, as it were, for every calamity apart from death. So, you know, there's many, as it were, narrations out there. I think, um, can I add, if yes. you don't mind, I think also uh, being in a state of wudu, mm. I think that's something fundamental. Uh, away from the world of najasa, I think that's the sure. second thing. Sure. Don't take these things lightly. No. Um, those are two things, and the Qur'an being played constantly okay. at home. Right, right. Try and have the Qur'an, even if it's iPad, iPod, uh-huh. AirPod, Got E-Pod, you. whatever they're called these days. Yes. Have it playing on a certain volume around the house. Uh-huh. It's a major protector. Wow, alhamdulillah, thank you for that. Now, just going into the question, Sayyidina, the envy against Amir and Walmini and Ali ibn Abdullah al-Islam is renowned. Yeah. Venomous to say the least. And it actually exists to this day. True. Okay. Why did, you know, this great, great Imam, the first Malum, suffer this hasad, as it were? Why? Well, you know. And this is a key area as well. That We go back to the verse at the beginning about the hasad towards Al-Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Some people just could not take that they weren't in power. Iblis couldn't take that he's not the Khalifa. Yeah. 
And likewise, after the Prophet died, there were some who just believed that because they were older than Imam Ali, they should be leaders. Some believed that they had been Muslims early and therefore they should be leaders. Others believed that they should be in positions of governorship and that they should be leaders. Yes. And because of all of that, because of his justice, they had this deep, severe hasad. And that, I think that's a lesson for all of us that when you do face hasad from people who pray, people mm -hmm. who fast, people mm -hmm. who do majalis, and you've got this great hasad that exists from them. Imam Ali salam, he faced hasad from people who do all of these things. Um, and yet the man never wavered on his principles. Uh, the amount of hasad which was shown to him at Saqifah. Blatant hasad. They could not take, you know, how could Khalafa go to Bani Hashim, Nubuwa had gone mm. to Bani Hashim. Mm. Or they start to make their own reasons that Ali is too young. He was too only, young, yes. only 33, yes. which is Islamically quite old because Jesus was only a baby when he spoke from the cradle. And sure. Yahya, Atainahu al-Hukma Sabiya. And there were prophets who were prophets at 15. So that was another absurd argument. Pure envy. Pure envy. And their hasad was shown at Jamal and Safin. Mm. Quite right. Um, what did I say? The Asabi of the Arabs. Yes, nationalism. You know, that they reach a level of um, real stereotyping and prejudice until they very, very racist to a particular group called Shia Ali. And, yeah. um, and they don't mind seeing thousands get killed. Um, and then to add insult to injury, after he dies, they remove certain... Uh, great merits of his and give it to others. Yes. And yes. then afterwards, they bring up their kids to curse him. Stuck through. Muawiyah bin Abi Sufyan notably <sighs> ensured that the Umayyads had the habit of cursing Imam Ali alayhi salam. But of course, you can't speak about Muawiyah in the year 2019. 19, yeah. Uh, because uh, he has his uh, lovers and supporters. Even if, if, if Muawiyah had a problem with the Khulafa before Ali, mm -hmm. nobody would praise him. But because he had a problem with Ali, it's okay. If he has a problem with Ali, we just call it a fitna. Yeah, okay. Abu Sufyan's son. Abu Sufyan's son is praised. And Ali's father is called the Kafir. Kafir. Look where the world turned at the end. Yeah, final five minutes, Ibn um, and just as a, a very quick reminder, do join us next week for a special show on Idi Ghadir on next Monday. And also there will be another show on Tuesday as well. So we will have special guests as it were next week. Uh, final part of this um, show, um, Sidna, uh, we have questions. Fatima, Sister Fatima from Denmark, um, has mentioned that um, her family envies her. And that she goes and she suffers from her, as it were, because her own siblings are doing this. What, what do you have to say? I said, you know, I said earlier what advice that can you give? if you look at the first example of yeah. uh, hasad between families, it's habil and qabil. Mm. It exists. Um, the highest spiritual state is to ask Allah to guide them. Right. And, and then secondly, after that, you know, try your hardest to maintain your own discipline. Mm -hmm. um, and try and pay sadaqah, wear the rings that keep away such negative energy. Yeah. yeah. Another question from Australia, Qadim. Um, he's just started giving majalis, as it were, alhamdulillah, in his local Imam Barga. <coughs> and the current Maulana there um, isn't even paying attention to him. He's not even actually looking at him when he's actually delivering. Um, the Majalis, um, and he's, he's even tried to sort of put him down as a as a as a young kid, you know, who's inexperienced, um, giving youth talks, as it were, um, and he's not taking it so well, the hurt, as it were. Um, but at the same time, there's akhlaq that's being preached, as it were, you know, um, and then it's lacking as well in certain areas. So. What, say now, would you advise this young, up-and-coming speaker as well? Gardim? Young, when you're young and, uh, <clears throat> mm. and you're up-and-coming, the elder Maulanas, in some cases, find it hard to um, accept, find it hard to praise you. Yeah. Um, you have to get used to this. This is a reality that I saw in my own career. 
-hmm. When I first started giving majalis, I remember the Maulanas would say to me, your majalis are very good for youth. Yeah. Um, in, so, in some cases, they meant it sincerely. In other cases, it was like, you stick to the youth, don't ever get Limiting to Limiting the arena. Yeah, those same Maulanas now um, sit under the mumbar. So you just have to be patient mm. um, when you meet such characters. I must admit, I've met also great ulama, great maraja, who when they see you young and they're pas you're passionate about the mm -hmm. religion, they try and encourage you. If I just give you a few examples, I remember Ayatollah Sistani, for example, may Allah lengthen his life, encouraging the tabligh work, encouraging the service to Ahl al-Bayt, encouraging talking about akhlaq. I remember meeting Ayatollah Bashir Najafi, mm, and Iraq. he was very encouraging and praiseworthy as well as praising, you know, the good work that he's heard done. And I was so young, you know, I was okay. in my early 20s or mid-20s when I had spoken to him first. I remember even Ayatollah um, Sadiq Shirazi, when I met him in Qom, I remember he was, he was very kind and said good words, even though, you know, he's this... Um, Marja, who people follow for his jurisprudence. And I can vividly remember asking him a question, which was a question on history. And he said to me, that's not my area. If you ask me about law, which was very humbling because it's fine for him to fine. admit that, look, don't ask yes. me about history. You don't yes. have to ask someone else. So you do meet these scholars who, if they see you young and energetic, they're praiseworthy. But you've also got to get ready that there are some out there who cannot take you being young and successful. Okay, so now we've run out of time and viewers of Imam Hussain TV, uh, unfortunately we have run out of time. As a very quick reminder, please do join us next week for Eli Radia's special program next week with special guests. Also there will be another show on Tuesday. But with Dr. Sayyidah Nakshwani and myself Muhammad Ali, Salaam Alaikum and see you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to look at our audio library for more content on Quran, ethics, lifestyle and spirituality. Imam Hussain TV3, your gateway to Karbala.